0: Om pura namaha pura medam pura atura puranameva de Om shantih shantih shantihe shrute purana nam halayam Karunalayam Namāmi bhagavat pāda Śaṅkaraṁ lokaśaṅkaraṁ Śaṅkaraṁ śaṅkarāśādiyam Keshavam bhāda rāyaṇaṁ Sūtrabhāśyakrtao vande Bhagavantao punah punah Īśvaro gururātmedhi Mūrti hedavibhāgiṇe यो मवद्यप्त देहाये
1: दक्षिणा
0: मूर्तेय नमः गुकारत्वं अंधकारस्य गुकारत् सन्निवर्ततः अंधकारनिरोधित्वा गुरुर्यज्ञविधियते Atmada chariapariandam Vande Guru Parampharam Nama Sri Shankaran De
1: Shankarananda
0: Guru Padambujannen Guru
1: Padambujamane
0: Savhila Mahamoha. Graha Graasai Ka Karmane Graha Verse 85 Samshasya
1: Ghatavanna Shah
0: Samshasya Krita nasa krita bhya <Sukranasakritabhyaagam> yoho.
1: Krita nasa
0: Akasha Vatsarvagataha,
1: Akasha
0: Vatsarvagataha,
1: Niram Shashruddhi Sammataha,
0: Niram Shashruddhi Sammataha, Children, Children, Druva, it
1: Yapi,
0: Children,
1: Matma, Tadgunastridhi
0: <coughs> Atma Mahaneva The so different opinions pertaining to the dimension of Atma were analyzed. The first opinion was that Atma is anuhu, it is atomic in size, and different reasons were given because Shruti says that Atma enters a very minute nerve in certain states. And entry into minuteness would not be possible unless Atma was super minute. And therefore they say that Atma is minute in dimension. <coughs> and of course there are many number of Shrutis which say that Atma is this Mahato Atma, Sukshma Nityam. So many statements of the Upanishads are there which seems to indicate that Atma is Anuhu or minute in size. And Shvita Upanishad says that Atma is the 100th of the 100th of the tip of the hair, you know, and thereby meaning that Atma is atomic in size. So this was their reason to say that Atma is atomic in size. However, others who say that Atma is of the size of the body said that we simultaneously experience consciousness throughout the body. Just as when you take a dip in cold water in the Ganges, The new experience, cold, you know, the perception or the feeling of coolness throughout the body. That shows that Atma is throughout the body and not atomic, just confined to a particular place. So they refute the atomic view of the Atma and project or present the Madhyama. The Atma is Madhyama Parimana. the dimension is a middle meaning of the size of the body. And we ask them, how do they explain that Atma enters... Very minute nadis during certain state. He says, well, it is not that Atma enters, but Atma, avayava. Atma has many parts, and some minute part of the Atma enters in her, and it is figurative to say that Atma enters in her. <coughs> and how do we explain that Atma from one body will be transferred to another body, which will be greater, bigger, or smaller? He says, well, When Atma is in this body, it has all these limbs or parts are there. When it goes to another body, the parts may contract or expand. And this is what we commonly find, that when the body is born, it is so small with all the parts, and then it grows, and then it shrinks. And so also, Atma has parts which are subject to growth and shrinking. And therefore, that can explain the one soul passing from, the soul passing from one body to another body, which may be of different dimension. And therefore, we say that Atma is Madhyamaha. <coughs> this view was refuted by the Siddhanti, by the Vedandi saying that if you say that Atma is Madhyamaha, meaning of the size of the body, and possessed of parts, then anything that is possessed of parts is going to be perishable. Because anything possessed of parts becomes an assembly of different components, and anything, anything and the force that brings about that assembly so that factor when it perishes, that assembly also will perish. So anything that is consisting of parts is going to be perishable and Atma also becomes perishable, becomes Anitya. In that case, there will be destruction of Atma. In that case, there will be birth of Atma because one Atma is destroyed and another Atma is born, that will be the birth of Atma. In fact, except birth and death of Atma, then all kinds of problems will arise because if there is birth, then I am stuck with a body which is product of no cause at all and so we have effect without the cause. And then if I die, Atma dies, then all kinds of actions that I perform in this life which are the nature of cause will perish without producing the effect. So krutanaasha and Akrata these are very standard arguments. So whenever anybody talks about birth and death of Atma, these arguments automatically come that Krukanasha, if there is death of Atma, then there is destruction of all kinds of actions that are performed, so cause perishes without producing effect. And if there is birth of Atma, then akrita meaning there is arrival of something that has not been done, meaning the effect is produced without the cause, and we don't find this anywhere, and so this is not possible. And therefore the conclusion is, trasmat Atma Mahaneva. Therefore we say that Atma is imperishable. Atma cannot have birth, nor can it have death it is imperishable, then it cannot have parts. Because if it has parts, it will become subject to, dis- to change and destruction. If it doesn't have parts, it is partless, doesn't have birth and death, it is timeless, and therefore it cannot have also be confined to space. If it is confined to space, it is again, will have parts. So it cannot be confined to space, cannot be confined to time, cannot have parts. So atma is all pervasive. Nitya, meaning indestructible, and then Sarvagata all pervasive, Nitya it is indestructible, I mean indestructible and Niramshaha, partless. This is how we arrive at, and this is in keeping with what the Shruti has to say. Aakashavat Sarvagatasya Nitya Nishkalam Nishkriam Shantam. So these statements of Shruti very clearly say that Atma is all pervasive, partless, Nitya meaning indestructible. <coughs> so that is settled. Now, what are the characteristics of Atma? What are the qualities of Atma? That's another debatable matter. And that is, he, what's the nature of Atma? That is what is taken up from the verse 87. That three kinds of opinions exist with reference to the nature of Atma. There are some who say that Atma is Achid rupaha, meaning Atma is dead or inert having property of consciousness. There are yet others who say that Atma is both inert and conscious simultaneously. And, of course, the Vedantins and others also say that Atma is purely of the nature of consciousness. So these views are now analyzed. In the verse 88, it stated the position of the Prabhakaras, who are a kind of Mimamsakas, <coughs> Prabhakaraha Tariqi So these two schools of philosophy, the Prabhakara school of Mimamsakas and Tarkikas logicians, both of them have the same opinion with reference to the quality of ātmā. Both of them consider ātmā as dravya or a substance. And substance is that which is gunāśrayam, dravyam, which is ashraya or locus of different qualities. And we find, we experience many qualities about ourselves. I am now happy, then unhappy, I am karta, bhagta, enjoyer, experiencer, doer, and so on and so forth. So all this that we experience about the self, That shows that Atma is possessed of all these qualities because mind according to them is atomic and doesn't possess those qualities and therefore all these qualities have to be rest, have to rest somewhere and according to them all the qualities rest in Atma. And also this must be, as you will see, it must be a conscious entity etc. So they said Atma is dravyam, it's a substance and comparable to eight other substances. Atma is one of the nine substances. The five elements then the space, time, mind, and self. These according to them are nine substances. <coughs> and just as space is a substance because it is the locus of the guna or the quality of sound and so so Atma also is a substance because it is the locus of a quality called consciousness. So Atma is not consciousness but Atma. He possesses consciousness. Atma itself is unconscious, but possesses the quality of consciousness. This is what they say. (coughs) And now, continuing these arguments further, consciousness is just one of the qualities of Atma. Atma has many other qualities. And that's being said, before the verse 89, it says, Tasseva visheshi gurantarani ahaya. So Tasseva, of the same Atma again, visheshi gurantarani there are Samanya gunas and Vishesh gunas. So according to this Nayyayikad and Vaisheshikas, there are twenty-four qualities. <coughs> there are seven categories, there are nine substances and twenty-four qualities. There is a whole long list of different qualities. So Shabdas, sparsha Rupa, Rasa, gandha all of these are the gunas. And then Iccha, dvesha, prayatna, dharma, adharma, sukha, dukha, samskara, all of these are also gunas, qualities. Sankhya, parimana, sanyoga, viyoga, prasattva, sneha, dravatva, all of these are different gunas or qualities. Like this, they identify 24 different qualities that are possible. Of these, there are what we call vishesi gunas or specific qualities that are possessed by specific substances. And not found elsewhere. Like Atma possesses certain gunas which are specific to Atma and not possessed by any other dravya. Whereas there are certain qualities or gunas which are possessed by several dravyas. They are called samanya gunas. So samanya gunas or common qualities are those which are possessed by more than one substances. While Vishesh gunas or specific qualities are those which are possessed by only a particular dravya, a particular substance. So he said it tasseva vishesh guna
1: This
0: chitihi or consciousness is a vishesh guna a specific guna or quality of Atma because no other substance is possessed of the quality of consciousness So chitihi or consciousness is a vishesh guna and similarly also Atma is many other vishesh guna the specific qualities possessed only by Atma and not possessed by any other substance so vishesh Gunantarani. gunantarane means other gunas and so other specific qualities of atma are also stated in verse 89. <coughs> it's interesting how the thought process, you know, this gives us a very beautiful overview of how the whole thought process takes place, you see, how perhaps the thinking proceeded from one school to the other and ultimately we come to Vedanta. <coughs> And it's interesting how different thinkers arrived at different conclusions based on the inferences that they drew from variety of experiences, or the kind of interpretations they had of our experience, the interpretations they had of what the Shruti has to say, and thus they arrived at variety of opinions. So it's very interesting to see how what different opinions are there. That way we can learn uh, how they arrived at the opinion, and we will find that we also possess these opinions very often. And so it will enable us also to analyze our own thinking process. (coughs) So verse 89 says, Ichadve Saprayatnascha Dharma Dharma Sukhasuke Dharma Dharma Sukhasuke Tassamskarascha GUNAAS CHETIVAD
1: IRITA
0: HAH dresha praetna hacha dharma dharma sukha sukhe tat samskaraascha tasya ete gunaha chetivad irita ha tasya atman So of the same atma gunaha These are the qualities chitivad like chiti means consciousness. Like consciousness is a quality of the atma. Similarly also, these are the other specific qualities of atma. These are, this is what is stated by this prabhakaras as well as ikas. So these are the nine icha. Icha means desire or like. dvesha, dvesha means hatred or dislike. Prayatna means effort. So atma, the soul possesses the desire. Soul possesses likes and dislikes, or Ichadvesham. Then prayatna, the effort that we make. That effort also can be only made by a conscious entity, so effort also resides in Atma. Dharma and Adharma, merit and demerit, or virtue and vice, both of them also reside in Atma. So Punya Karma and papa Karma, Shubha Karma and Ashubha Karma, so both of them are also in Atma. Then sukha, asukha means sukha and dukkha, pleasure and pain, they are also experienced by atma. Because a conscious being alone can experience pleasure and pain, so pleasure and pain are also the qualities of atma. That's the reason why now I find myself happy, then I find myself unhappy. Now I have dvesha in me, then I have icha in me, then I do some prayatna as a result of ichha dvesha. So ichha and dvesha or likes and dislikes bring about what you call pratna or effort. That effort may be of the nature of dharma and adharma. So, prayatna or effort may be of the nature of merit or demerit. And dharma and dharma will bring about the result in the form of sukha and dukkha. So, sukha and dukkha are also the qualities residing in atma. <coughs> and then, what happens? When an experience is gained, happiness or unhappiness, when that experience is gained, that experience leaves some samskara or impressions in my mind. So, if I saw something, if I met someone, if I ate something, if I, whatever it is. All these experiences leave in our mind samskaras or bhavana, meaning different uh, impressions. And these impressions arise from time to time. So all these memories that we have, all the different impressions do we have, where do they remain? They remain in Atma. And when a conducive situation presents itself, then these samskaras arise. All of a sudden, sudden thought pattern arises in the mind. Why? Because of samskaras which are there, and when a given situation presents itself, those samskaras or impressions become manifest, and again, some further desires etc. may arise. So samskaras or impressions are also, they also remain in Atman. So these are the nine vishesh gunaha. Ne vishesh gunaha means specific qualities of Atman. gunaha. Chitivad iridaha Chitivad means like consciousness is quality of atma. So also Icchha, Dvesha, Prayatna, Dharma, Adharma, Sukha, Dukha, Samskara, eight. And Chitihi consciousness, nine. So these nine are considered to be chetana. So Icchha, Dvesha, Sukham, Dukham, Sanghadas, Chetanadvati. This is how we find in 13th chapter where Lord Krishna, that is the reason why Lord Krishna says that these are all the qualities of the, the, the Kshetra and not Kshetrajya. In order to refute this view of these vimamsakas, Lord Krishna says, Icchā dvesha, sukham, dukham, sanghatah, chetana, druthi, etat kshetram samasena, svikaaram udahrutam." So, Icchā dvesha, sukham, dukham, sanghatah, chetana, druthi—all of these Lord Krishna identifies as the gunas or qualities belonging to kshetra, meaning to the object and not kshetrene. Just to refute this view, that itcha etc. All of these, according to us, remain in mind. By the way, according to Vedantins, itcha, dvesha, prayatna, dharma, adharma, all of them are qualities of mind. But if they are all qualities of mind, then how come I find myself happy, unhappy, etc. Or I find myself, you know, having itcha, raga, dvesha, etc. Why? We say that 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 conclusion arises on account of identification with the mind. It is mind where iccha or desire is, but on account of taking the mind to be self, I say that I have this desire. It is mind where pleasure and pain are, on account of identification of the mind, I say that I am happy, I am unhappy. So these conclusions that we have or the notions that arise in me according to us are a product of aviveka or non-discrimination or dhyarupa while they take them to be really belonging to Atma. So that's the difference
1: there.
0: (coughs) Then somebody may question, how come if these are the qualities of Atma, then how come all the time Atma does not possess this? We find that when I am asleep, then I don't possess any of these qualities at all. Only when I wake up that, these qualities are found in me. So, esham gunanam utpatty vinashakaranam ahay it looks as though these qualities all arise when I wake up or when I am dreaming and these qualities again get destroyed when I am asleep. Because in deep sleep none of these experiences is, there is no iccha, no dvesha, no dharma, no dharma, no sukha, no dukkha, nothing at all. So how do you explain that? And that the kāranam, the cause of the creation and destruction of these qualities is given in verse 19. <coughs> Atmano Manasayoga,
1: Atmano
0: Manasayoga, Swadrashta Jayante Jayante aatmanah manasa yoge sva adrushtava aso sva adrushtatah gunaha jayante asa susupte adrushtas adrushta sankhyat pralayaante so sva adrushtavashatah on account of sva adrushta adrushta means uh, the papa or punya the karmaphala adrushta so when we perform an action then it generates what we call a subtle samskara in the form of papa punya etc. And that is a Drusta, which in course of time fructifies as a specific result. Because the karma is performed now and the result is obtained at some point in different time and different place. So what is it that actually it creates a result at that time and place when karma is already performed and karma is already gone, then what is it that produces the effect at that time and at that place so they give an explanation that there is adhrastha or an unseen or the subtle factor or a subtle effect that is created by the karma which persists until it results into a karma phala. So karma or action creates a subtle effect which is called adhrastha and it is like a seed which sprouts when a particular time and opportunity comes And so this adrushta sprouts in the form of a karma phala or the result when the right time and place comes. When this adrushta arises, that's the reason why we find variety of thoughts arising in our mind. We find different situations occurring around us. And what would explain this? Why should a certain thought arise in my mind? Why should a certain situation occur around me? The only explanation is adrushta. All of this is, the result of some action I must have performed in the past, which all those actions are stored in the form of this unseen effects or subtle effects, which effects fructify in the form of specific situations in the mind as well as around me. And so when a drusta comes, so when karma fala, when karma fructifies, then we gain different experiences. So so they say that even such experiences are deep dream, And deep sleep are also the result of other style. As long as I have my karma, which governs that I should be awake, so long I am awake. And when the karma which kept me awake, they get exhausted, then, and then the karma for dream arise, then I start dreaming. When the karma which gave rise to dream, when they get exhausted, and the karma which would give me deep sleep, they arise, then I fall asleep. And as long as the karma which result into deep sleep, as long as they remain, so long I'm asleep. And again the karma for the waking, arise, then I'm awake. So this waking, dream, deep sleep, all the various experiences that we gain, all of them are result of karma alone. (coughs) So he said, swadhrushta vashataha, vashataha on account of swadhrushta, vansona drushta, or the past karma. Atmanaha manasa gunaha jayante. Then there is a yoga or association of Atma and mind. The interesting thing is according to them, Atma in himself is jada or inert. Then when does the Atma experience this consciousness? When Atma comes in the contact with the mind. So when Atma unites to the mind, then the consciousness arises. And again, when that contact or the association goes away, as in deep sleep, again atma becomes unconscious. So atma is jada or unconscious by nature, but becomes as though conscious when it comes in association with the mind. <coughs> Somebody asked them a question, how can it happen that when two things join, atma itself is also inert, and mind also is inert. When two inert things come in association, How can consciousness arise? So what the scientists are thinking today is a kind of thought that they had. Scientists also believe that consciousness is property of matter. And they believe that consciousness arose at some point in time when a suitable combination of matter occurred. That particular combination they call primordial soup. It is not that the consciousness was all the time. Consciousness is there on the earth. And at some point in time consciousness arose when on the earth, in the ocean, there were certain chemicals at a certain pressure and temperature, that primordial soup, when that situation occurred, at that time, as a result of this unique combination of matter, consciousness arose. So according to them, consciousness is the property of matter. And they would also say that when certain chemical composition, so chemical combinations take place in our brain, and then what we call consciousness that we experience also arises. And when those chemicals are no more there, the body becomes unconscious. This is their explanation of appearance and disappearance of consciousness. Well, this is how the Nayyayikas and Mimamsakas also thought in a different way, that Atma by nature is unconscious or jada. However, when it comes in contact with the mind, then this property called consciousness arises. <coughs> we ask them, how can altogether a different entity arise by combination of two, these two entities? So they give an illustration. So you have this beetle leaf, you know, that palm or beetle leaf, you might know perhaps. And this beetle leaf, beetle leaf itself is green. On that you apply that white lime, you see. And uh, when you chew that, You know what happens? What color comes out? Red. So the the product of this green and white is what? Red. So look, redness is not in white, redness is not in green, but how the white and green in combination give rise to red color, and so also Atma and Manaha, both of them uh, by combination, give rise to altogether a new product called consciousness. So they attribute consciousness of Atma to the association with the mind. In deep sleep that association is not there and the far is jada. So Atmanaha, Manasa Yoge. When yoga or association is there of the Atma Manasasaha with the mind. Then gunaha jayande. Then all these gunas, qualities sati, cha, dvesha, all of them, they arise. They are born in the waking and dream state. Now what brings about that association of Atma in the mind? So the, the karma phala, is what brings about the association of Atma with the mind. And then these gunas arise. Sushukte adrushta sankshayat In the deep sleep, when that adrushta gets exhausted, then we have a state called deep sleep. At that time, praliyante, all those gunas which arose as a result of combination of Atma and the mind, when again there is a disassociation between the two, then all the gunas, again, they get resolved, or they get merged, or they get destroyed, there So they become manifest, and become unmanifest again. When the combination is there, on the, as a result of the karma, they become manifest. When the combination goes as a result of the exhaustion of that karma, the gunas also go away. And that is how they explain the waking and deep, deep states. <coughs> Then again a question is asked them Ātmaneha achidrupatve, katham chetanatva abhivagamahiti On one hand you say that ātma is achidrūpaha meaning he is jala katham chetanatva abhivagamaha Then why do they take ātma to be a conscious being? So you seem to say on one hand that ātma is unconscious or jala or inert and still you say that ātma has consciousness atma is as though a conscious entity so how do you accept this consciousness in atma when you actually say that atma is unconscious by nature he says chitimatra because atma exhibits consciousness and therefore we say that atma is conscious <coughs> actually atma is jada or inert but since atma exhibits consciousness therefore avacharikada in a figurative manner we say that atma is conscious and that answer is given in verse 91. <coughs> Chitimattva Chetanoyam
1: Chitimattva Chetanoyam
0: Pichadveshaprayatnavam
1: Pichadveshaprayatnavam
0: Chadharma dharma yokkarta Chadharma
1: dharma yokkarta
0: Bhokta dhukta Chitimattva Chetanoyam How Atma is chetanaha. Atma is conscious because chitimatvāt because he is possessed of Chiti or consciousness. Since Atma exhibits the property of consciousness, that I am a conscious being, so I experience that I am a conscious being Thus, ātma exhibits the quality of consciousness. Therefore, we say that ātma is a conscious entity. (coughs) Otherwise, we would not say. Although he is inert, according to us, in the true nature, but we still call him conscious because he exhibits consciousness. Then, ātmanah, chetanatve, hetvantaram, aha. Then, another hetu. Another reason also is presented here by them to show why Atma is called Chetana or conscious being. This is another reason also. What is it? Ichcha dvesha prayatna define We find that Atma is Icchavan, Dveshavan van Atma possesses desire, Atma possesses hatred, Atma possesses effort and likes, dislikes, effort, all of these can only reside in the conscious being. They cannot reside in an inert in an being and therefore, on account of his possessing likes, dislikes, effort, etc., we say that Atma is a conscious entity. <coughs> then we ask them, why do you say that Atma is different from Ishvara? They accept Ishvara. So, according to the jiva atma is a conscious being and possessed of all these different qualities. And who is Ishvara? Ishwara also is a conscious being, but they call him Purusha Visheshaha. A special, Purusha Visheshaha is a special conscious being who is not subject to the limitations that Jiva has. So Ishwara, according to them, is a particular conscious being possessed of all the desire, all the knowledge and all the prayatna. iccha and then and prayatna. So Ishwara is a Purusha Visheshaha, special conscious being who possesses the desire, the capacity to desire, because so kamayata, he desired and created. Knowledge, tasya jnānamayam tapah, he possesses all the knowledge. And then kriya-shakti also, so he created all this. So asrujata, he created and therefore kriya shaktiman. So Ishvara is according to them a purusha vishesha who possesses these qualities or these abilities in absolute measure. However, Ishwara is distinct from Jīvātmā. So we ask them the question, why do you say that Ishwara is different from Jīvā? Sruti says that Tath-shrishtva Pravishat, having created this upādhi, Ishwara himself entered the upādhi and thereby saying that the one who obtains as Jīvā right now is none other than Ishwara because he alone entered as, as the Jīvā. Then why do you say that Jiva and Ishwara are different. So they give the reason to show the, the the, 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 the opinion to, to, I mean, you know, uh, to, uh, confirm their opinion or to give the proof for their opinion that Jiva is different from Ishwara. In the second line. Tasya Ishwarad Vailakshanyam Aha. Tasya Jivasya Ishwarad Vailakshanyam. So what is it that makes the Jiva someone who is distinct from Ishwara? Syad dharma dharma yoho karta bhokta dukhadi matto So, Shiyad dharma dharma yoho karta. So, Atma is who? Jiva is dharma adharma karta. So, I am the one who is karta, the agent of action, performing dharma and adharma. So, merit and demerit, or virtue and vice. So, I am the one who is the agent of action, performing good and bad actions. So Jivatma has kartrutvam kartrutvam is sense of doership. And that is a matter of our experience. Ishvara does not have the kartrutvam and therefore Jiva is different from Ishvara. And also, Ishvara doesn't have kartrutvam or Adharma. If Ishwara does something, he creates the universe alright, but there is no dharma in Ishvara. However, Jiva is the one who is agent of performance of action which are classified as dharma and adharma. And also dukkhadi since Jiva again is the one who experiences Sukha and Dukha. So Ishwara does not experience pleasure and pain according to them. He is free from all those limitations, while Jiva is the one who experiences pleasure and pain. Therefore we say that also, that Jiva is a Bhokta. Bhokta means experiencer, experiencer of pleasure, pain, etc. Ishvara is not Bhokta, and therefore also Jiva is different from Ishwara. So Jiva has Kartva and Bhukaratva. Alieshvara is the one who is free from those. And therefore we say that Jiva Atma is different from Paramatma. <coughs> so they have all the arguments in support of their view. <coughs> now we ask him another question. <coughs> Nanu Atmanha vibhutve Lokāntar gamanādikam katham ghateda it āśaṅkya. So somebody asks him, maybe Vedanta asks him, ātmanā vibhūtve. It's very interesting, this people's opinion is that ātmā is vibhū. Vibhū means all-pervasive. So whereas the Jainas, etc. accept ātmā to be of the size of the body, and Vaishnavas and some others accept ātmā to be of the size of an atom, the nayahikas and vaisheshikas accept the atma to be vibhu or all-pervasive. At the same time there are many. Now how do you explain the difference is very difficult to say. On one hand to say that atma is all-pervasive and then also to say that atmas are many is is something that is very difficult to explain. But anyway, they do say that atma is vibhu or all-pervasive. So we ask him a question. Nano, atmana vibhutve if Atma is Vibhu, or all-pervasive, Lokāntar Gamanaadikam Katham Ghatayra How do you explain Lokāntar Gamanadikam? That this Jīva, the Atma, goes from Marcha Loka, from this world to heavens, someone goes to Naraka, to hell, again return to this world, so Gama Gama, going and coming of this Jīva, that alone is called samsāra. Or from one Yoni to other Yoni, from one body to other body, if Atma is all-pervasive, how can Atma go from one body to other body, or from one world to another world? That kind of emotion cannot be possible for someone who is all-pervasive. But all-pervasive is the one who simultaneously is present everywhere. And if Atma is simultaneously present everywhere, how can he go from the earth to heaven, or from one body to other body? How do you explain? In the He says, well, it is like this. It is like the space moving from one point to other. What happens is, it is a part that moves from one place to another. And we think that the part space moves. So in fact, there is no movement in space, because space is all pervasive. However, the idea that is created in our mind is, when the part moves from one point to another point, we feel that the part space is moving. Because we associate the part space with the part, and where the upadhi moves, in fact we say that, the space is more. In fact, space is there all over. And similarly also, Atma does not go from one place to another. Then, he says, Asmin dehe karma vasat ichhadi satyam atra atmanaha avasthana di First of all, how do you say that Atma is there in this body also? The presence of Atma is inferred. I say that atma is in this body when we find the expression of desire, iccha, dvesha, sukha, dukha, so happiness, unhappiness, desire, hatred, when all these expressions we find in this body, then we say that atma is. So how do we say that atma is in this body when we find this kind of an expression of consciousness, desire, hatred, and dharma, adharma? All of these are there, then we say that ātmā is in this body. So asmin dehe, karma Vashad. Now, how come now I have ichcha? then I have dvesha. now I have desire, then I have hatred, then I have happiness, then I have unhappiness. How come all these different qualities occur? karma Vashad. So according to karma, whether in ātmā, now there is desire, then there is hatred, then there is pleasure, then there is pain, then there is married then there is unmarried all the different qualities arise one after the other and who determines that karma or the action determines so karma vasat, as a result of action past action asmin dehe ichchali utpattau just as in this body when there is utpatti or the creation of desire hatred etc it utpattu satyam atmanaha avasthanaali vyavahara then we say that atma is present in his body. So for us to say that atma is present in the body, when do we say? When there is consciousness. When there is some prayer activity. Otherwise we, we dispatch him away to funeral ground, you know. When none of these qualities are exhibited by the, in the body, then we say that the person is gone. If there is no consciousness there. He does not respond, prayer is not there. He doesn't feel pleasure or pain or anything like that. Then what do we say? That after strokes, no response, means no life. You, you utter some words in the, in the ears, no response, no life. Or you find that person also unable to utter any words or make any effort, means what? No life at all. So how do you say that Atma is present in this body? Only when in this body we find the expression of this pleasure, pain, desire, consciousness, etc. And so we say that Atma is present in this body. In fact, the Atma is present everywhere. However, we say that Atma is present in this body. When in this body we find the expression of all these different qualities. And so, avasthana, the vyavhara, even the is a vyavhara, oh, there is a uh, there is an expression on our part that Atma is in this body. When as a result of karma in this body you find the expression of ichhadvesha, etc. Karma-vushat, lokanantare, dehaantara utpattau tad avachinna atma pradeshe Sukhad de vashat then what happens? now suppose in heavens another body is born lokantare in another loka meaning in heavens etc. some place karma vashat dehaantara utpattau another body is born there karma vashat is a result of karma because anywhere the birth of the body is as a result of action so as a result of karma If in another place, another body is born, and that body shows the consciousness, desire, etc., then we say that Atma has entered this body. So Atma has departed from this body. When do we say When this body does not exhibit Chaitanata or Ichcha, Dresha, etc., we say that Atma has departed from this body. So departure of the Atma really, a presence of the Atma is related to the expression of all these qualities. However, these qualities are expressed or not depending upon karma. But then when the qualities are not expressed from this body because the karma is exhausted, we say that atma is departed from here. In another body, when that body starts exhibiting consciousness, desire, prayatna etc., then we say that atma is entered. So that body also... Atma is born. So departure from the, of the Atma from this body also is Upacharika, I mean, is Gavanama secondary and entry of Atma in another body also is only secondary, is not in a primary sense. So tadavachchinna Atma pradeshe sukhad vasha Atmanaha Gamanadika Vyavahara hai di. And so we say that, hey, this Atma has travelled from this body to another body. He departed from this body and entered another body. When this body was stopped exhibiting Icchadvesha, he has departed. When another body starts exhibiting Icchadvesha, he has entered there. And this is the, this is how we brand this going and coming of Atma. In fact, there is no going and coming of Atma because he is all pervasive. But you do experience. You do experience the departure of Atma and entry of Atma. But then there is not real departure or real entry. It is only the expiration of life and and lack of expression of life, that's all. Expiration of life is due to karma and lack of expression of life also is due to karma. And therefore there's an upachara or this kind of yavahara is that so bimam say that we don't say that Atma really goes from one place to another. We just have an appearance of b birth of Atma and departure of Atma. And therefore Aupacharikam atmanah Gamadikam and so this going and coming of Atma is, is only in a figurative sense, not in a primary sense. <coughs> the idea is that any school of thought should be able to explain all our experiences. That's called a darshana or a philosophy, which should be able to explain all our experiences. And that's the reason why when anybody presents a certain view, we ask him different questions. How do you explain this and how do you explain that? Whenever we go to people and try to establish that there is God, immediately questions will arise. You know, definitely they will arise. If God has created this world, then how come some people are miserable and some people are happy? How come somebody is rich, somebody is poor? If you say that God is in all the bodies, is everywhere, how come we find somebody murdering, other fellow stealing and so on and so forth? The standard questions. But these are bothering people. I mean there is nothing wrong in the questions. Point is these questions bother us and they have a we won't answer. So there is a, what we call a f- school of thought which is supposed to explain all our experiences. And here we have an experience that Atma seems to enter and Atma seems to depart. And according to you, Imam Sakas, how do you explain that? They explain it this way that the arrival and departure of the Atma is only in a secondary sense and not in the primary sense. This is not Vedantic opinion. Vedantic opinion is different. Vedantins say that there is Jivatma who is is chidavāsaha. Meaning the reflected consciousness is Jivatma. And there is an actual departure and actual arrival. So when the, the Atman, who is Jivatma? That sukshma Sadhir Upahita Chaitanyam. Chaitanyam or the consciousness as conditioned by this subtle body is what we call Jivatma. So in fact, subtle body departs from this body. And subtle body does enter on the gross body. So according to us, the Jivatma is the one who really goes from one world to another world and experiences pleasure, pain, etc. Not Atma but Jivatma. But they do not distinguish between Atma and Jivatma. What we call Jivatma is what they call Atma and therefore they have this difficulty while we do not have that
1: difficulty.
0: <coughs> anyway, it is Opacharikam, Atmanaha, Gamanadikam, it is So with that opinion that actually going and coming of Atma is only Opacharikam. He's only in second sense The verse 92 says, यथात्र कर्म वशतः
1: chitkam sukha,
0: dikan, chitkam sukha, dikan, chitkam sukha dikan, dehe Karmane cha janyate.
1: Karmane Cha
0: janyate. Yatha, atra, atra means asmin dehe. The explanation is already given. Atra means asmin dehe. Karma vashadha means karma vashad. Karachitkam Sukhadikam. Sukhadikam Sukha dikaam sukha, sukha dukha ichhya dvesha etc. incidental. So just as in this body this sukha, dukha, etc. arise on account of karma and therefore we say that atma is and when again as a result of karma the sukha, dukha stops arising here so we say that atma has departed and similarly also in another world in another body when this sukha, dukha, etc. manifests we say that atma has come there karmane ichhadi janyade so karmana ichhadi again in another body also on account of karma, icchā, dvesha, etc. are born, and therefore we say that ātmā is entered. But this departure and entry of the ātmā, which is, who is all-pervasive, is not in a primary sense, only in a secondary sense. <coughs> and so we said in verse 93, E ca sarva Some have a tongue, gama, gama, gama. karma, kanda, sama, grotra, karma, kanda, sama, grotra, karma, kanda, sama, grotra, In this manner, also, Sarvagasyapi Sarvagaha means Sarvagataha So, one who is sarvagaha, one who is sarvagada, all pervasive even for the atma is all-pervasive gama gamo Samhaveta in this manner only not in a primary sense but in a secondary sense in the manner in which we explain even for the atma is all-pervasive the gama means going and agama means coming the going and coming of the atma can be explained in this manner even for the atma is all-pervasive the question is Kim Pramanam. All right. What proof do you have or what evidence do you have to say that Atma is karta bhukta, that Atma is a doer, he is an enjoyer, experiencer. For you to say that this doership, enjoyership, etc., abides in Atma, resides in Atma, for that what Pramanam or what evidence do you have? He says, second line says, Karmakandaha samagraha atra Pramanam. Atra meaning, atmanha karturutva dharmatve. In the subject of the fact that atma is possessed of such qualities as karturutva, bhakturutva, such attributes, pramana is samagraha karmakandha, pramana. The karmakanda section of the Vedas is in fact the pramana, is in fact the valid source or valid means for us to say that atma is karta and bhukta. If atma were not karta and bhukta, then the Karmakanda would not enjoy all these rituals. When Karmakanda says, Satyam Vada, or Dharmam chana, or Agnihotram Juhuyat, you know, so Jivam Agnihotram Juhuyat, or whatever it is. So when Karmakanda says that one must perform this action and that action, and should be performed in this manner and not in another manner, so all the Vidhi, Nishada, etc., which are found in the Karmakanda, they would be valid only if there is someone who can follow this. So only when a karta or a doer is there, then alone he will be able to perform the action. If atma did not have doership, then there would have been no point in giving instruction to him to perform karma. We don't give instruction to this column, for example, that walk from here, because it won't walk, because it doesn't have the doership. We can't say the wall, you know, you rise from here, because it will not, because it doesn't have kartrutva or bhakturutva. So I can tell someone who who has the sense of doership to say, please get up. Or please come or please go and that instruction shows that the one to whom this instruction is given has the agency of performance of action or the happiness and unhappiness that someone has the enjoyership so otherwise says the Vedas that you perform a particular karma here in heaven you will experience the result in the heavens or you perform a karma now and you will experience the result later so that experience also must be there, otherwise, who will perform the karma? And so, if bhoktrutva were not there in ātma, again Vedas would not enjoin different rituals. Different rituals are enjoined because the ātma is Kartrutvam and the rituals are going to give rise to different results and there must be an experience of that result, that's so that ātma has Bhukturutvam also. And therefore, the whole karma karma itself becomes an evidence. That karmakanda would become redundant if Atma did not have karturthwa and bhakturthwa. And so karmakanda itself becomes a pramanam or the valid means of knowledge to support the fact that Atma has karturthwa and bhakturthwa. <coughs> <coughs> Anandamaya antaha, not anyo vignana maya, but vignana mayataha. And this is what we found in verse 77. So verse 77 said, (laughs) anyo vignana mayataha, anandamaya antaha, astityevopalabdaviha, iti vaidika darshanam. So, then, the question is, Anyo vijnana maya tah ānanda maya ha antar haiti atra ānanda maya se ātmatma muktam Ilānim iccha di maan niha pradipādhyate Ataha purotar virodhahiti āsham kya ha Somebody ask now. So see, in the verse 93, do was said, Karmakaananda samagrotra pramāna te avadan Te footnote moment says prabhā This is not our opinion. It is the opinion of this Prabhagara, I means this school of Mimamsakas, who say that Atma is Karta Bhokta, for which they cite Shruti Karmakanda as Pramanam. So now when we, when we seem to present their opinion, somebody asks us, that in the earlier verse in 77, you say that Atma is Anandamaya, Vijnanamaya, Anya Antaraha, that Atma is of the nature of Ananda, who, who is different from Vijnanamaya, and is interior or inner with reference to Vijnanamaya. So earlier you just said that Atma is Anandamaya. Idiyatra Anandamaya se Atmatma Muktam. There in that verse you say that Atma is Anandamaya. Idanam. Now in this verse you say Ichchadiman. Yehap Pradipadhyade. So here you say that Atma is Ichchadiman. He is Ichchadresha. He is possessed of all these different qualities. His Karta and Vokta, etc ataha puruottara virodaha. There seems to be a contradiction in what you said puru earlier and uttara, what you are saying now, there is a contradiction. You yourself say that Atma is of the nature of Ananda and now you are saying that Atma possesses iccha, dvesha, etc. How do you explain that? Ita verse 94 says, hum. So, Shuktao अस्पष्टचित्स
1: day.
0: Aspasta chits at my sham. Aspasta अस्पष्टचित so we are saying here that how come this Prabhakarada Mimamsakas arrived at this kind of opinion that Atma is possessed of all these different qualities, etc. How did they arrive? Because they take another entity as Atman. So they take Jiva as Atman. So according to them, who is Atma? Anandamaya. Or what we call Anandamaya? Meaning the one who is enjoyer. So what is denoted as Anandamaya kosha in Vedanta is what is mistakenly taken to be Atma by the Paramahakras. And this Anandamaya is the one who has the most distinct expression in deep sleep. And in deep sleep, Anandamaya Atma is what? Aspashtasit or Avyaktachit, meaning his, his consciousness is not clear or unmanifest. So, Aspashtachit says the Tigakara Aspashtachit yah anandamaya kosha So, in Sushupti the deep sleep, Aspashtachit means abhyakta, hai, that the, the one having this consciousness unmanifest, which is what we call anandamaya kosha parishishyade, so that which remains, Having given up the identification of the gross body, subtle body, and then what remains is the identification of the ignorance or causal body. That is called parishishade, he remains there. In the waking there is identification of gross body, in the deep in the dream there is identification of subtle body. When both the identifications are given up, in deep sleep, the one who remains is Anandamaya or the Atma with the Upadi in the causal state. Anandamaya Kosha Parishishade, saha. Pūrva-koṣaḥ śrauteṣu pancha-koṣeṣu prasamha kesaṁ dīnāṁ ātmā According to this prabhākara they take that to be ātmā śrauteṣu In the śrīti, like namely the it, taitrī, Upanishad so the five koshas the annamaya, etc. the five koshas that we come across in the Upanishad the purva Kosha means the prasama-koṣaḥ According to Tahitri Upanishad, which is the very subtlest kosha, is ānandamaya, the grossest is ānnamaya, and then it becomes subtler and subtler, and the subtlest is ānandamaya, and therefore the first kosha is ānandamaya, and that according to prabhākara is ātma. So what we call the ānandamaya kosha is mistakenly taken to be ātma by the prabhākaras, and therefore the bhaktarutva, etc. is there and so that ānandamaya alone exhibits all the iksha, dvesha, sukha, dukha, etc. And that's the reason why. There is no contradiction. So what we meant as ānandamaya is, the, in the nature of ātmā is ānanda. However, these people take the ānandamaya course as ātmā and therefore come to the conclusion that ātmā is jada. Because in deep sleep ātmā does not seem to have consciousness. And therefore they say that ātmā is inert. However, when he unites with the mind, then all these different qualities such as vichya, dvesha, etc., they arise. And so, And so, And so, all the various qualities which have been stated, Jnana, Ananda, Sukha, so Sugnyanam, Chitihi, Sukha, Dukha, etc., All those different gunas that we stated earlier, They are of this Atma, namely, Anandamaya Atma. So, what we call Anandamaya, they eat possessed all this and that is what is Atma of Prabhakara. So reason why Prabhakaras have this kind of opinion of Atma is because they mistakenly take the Anandamaya as the Atma. And that's why these qualities and therefore there is no contradiction between what we said in verse 77 and what is being said here. <coughs> okay. Om Puranamada. Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavasishyade Om Shantish Shantish Shantih Shankaram Shankaracharyam Kesabam Badarayanam Sutrabhashya Krutavande Bhagavanta Upanapunaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedhi Mutibheda Vibhaginaya Vyoma Vadyapta Dehaya Lakshinamurtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurudhyo Namaha Hari Om